2022. Can we give God praise that we made it, right? 2022. I want to say welcome to all those that are gathered here, uh, my little cousins over there. Uh, everyone here, God bless you. Thanks for being here. Good to see uh, you all. Uh, it's a new year, amen. But just because the calendar moved and the clock moved doesn't mean we're going to move unless we get into the Word of God and do what the Word says do. All right, the world is getting worse and will continue to get worse, except for the people of God. So you've got to choose a side right now, and you've got to choose to live in obedience to the Word of God. Again, the new series we are in is called Climate Change, all right? Uh, God's Word produces an atmosphere for life if we will respond in faith. It will create a supernatural environment for us to hear, see, and walk in the unbreakable promises of his word. I'm going to say that again. God's word produces an atmosphere for life if we will respond in faith. It will create a supernatural environment for us to hear, see, and walk in the unbreakable promises of his word. Church, can you say climate change? So today's, uh, that's the series title, but today's title of this message is called Live, Move, and Be. So climate change. So today in Lima, Ohio, the temperature is 25 degrees with cloudy skies and snow flurries expected the rest of the day. The high will be 25 degrees, and the low will be 17 here in Lima, okay? But if, can you say if? Yeah. If we were to drive for 19 hours and 44 minutes, or take a plane for two hours and 44 minutes, we would find 78 degree temperatures and a sunny forecast for the rest of the day in Miami, Florida. Okay? That's quite the climate change. But it will require us to go from here to there. Can you say from here, from here. to there? So there is a climate change if we're willing to move and go. So what God is trying to tell us this morning is this, that there, is, there are some better conditions out there than what we've been living in if we're willing to go, if we're willing to move. There is a place called there, and that place called there is God's word. If you move your life to obedience to God's word, it's 78 degrees, it's beautiful skies, but some of you like the cold, so it can be whatever you want it to be, all right? But it is perfect for the living conditions that God desires for you. You see, the atmosphere is different the closer you get to the equator. So the environmental conditions are also different. The Word of God creates a supernatural atmosphere for us anywhere on earth 
If we choose to live in obedience and move by faith, we will have life more abundantly. So you've got to look at your environment. So if we're in Lima, we look at our environment. It's cold. Nothing is growing, all right? Uh, our bones are achy, all right, depending on how your body responds to cold temperatures. But there is a place called Miami. And, and, and I want to go there one day and have one of those Cuban sandwiches, whatever there. All right, there's a place called Miami, not far from here, where the weather is delightful, all right, if that's your thing. But in order for us to get there, we've got to move. So spiritually, I want to tell you that some of you are in a climate that is not uh, appropriate for life to be sustained. I don't care how long you drive around Lima, you're not going to find a beach or a palm tree anywhere because the environment here will not sustain those things. So spiritually, you must understand that if your life is not where you desire it to be, if you are not experiencing the pleasures and blessings of God, you've got to move from where you are to where God says that those things can be found. And we know that the blessings of God can be found when we are obedient to his word. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17, and we'll be going from verses 1 through 11. It says this, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. So here's a man of God saying to the king that it's not going to rain here or there won't even be dew on the ground except at my word because God gave him the authority to pray this. And so the condition, the environmental conditions of that land changed immediately because God spoke it. We need to be located at where God speaks the blessing. So wherever God speaks the blessing, pack your bags and say, you know what? I'm moving my marriage over there. I'm moving my financial status over there. I'm moving my health over there. Because God said that's where the blessing is. It's found in his word, and his word never fails. Verse 2, then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he's telling this man of God, he's giving him directions. He's giving them, see, see, God is the best GPS system out there. He knows where life is. He knows where blessings are. So he tells Elijah, I want you to go, all right? I want you to go to this brook, and I've commanded the birds to feed you. You've got to have some faith when you hear God say that he's going to command the birds to feed you. See, many of us would argue with God like, you mean there's going to be fried chicken there? Like, what kind of bird? Like, how, how am I going to eat? Or actual birds are going to bring me the food? Yes, I have spoken it, I have commanded it, and that's where the blessing is. If Elijah had not went there, I think he would have starved to death. 
Why? Because God said, go here. That's where the blessing is. So what I want you to look at today is to begin to look at your life and say, am I in the blessed place? Can I look all around my life about everything that matters to me, my, my finances, my health, my marriage, my school, whatever? Am I in a blessed place? And if I am not, I need to move. That does not mean leave your husband, does not mean leave your wife, that does not mean quit school. I'm saying that he can make it all better if you will move in obedience to be where he desires you to be. Verse 2, then, I'm sorry, verse 5, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Say this with me, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. So if you want climate change in your life, if you want to see the blessings of God in your life, then you must do exactly as Elijah did. It says he went and did according to the word of the Lord. That's the blessed place. The blessed place for your life is to be exactly where the Lord has instructed you to go, okay? For he went and stayed at the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So there was a commanded blessing there because God spoke it. When God speaks, you move your life to what he said, and you be obedient, and you will find a blessing there. Verse 7, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8, then the word of the Lord came. Say this with me. Then the word of the Lord came. Then the word of the Lord came. So we live and move by the word. Not by feelings, not by emotions, not by Google, not by Facebook, not by our neighbors, not by the news. We move by the word of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded. That's the beauty of our God. So first he commands the birds. Now he's commanding a widow. If you want blessings in your life forever, you go where God says go, because in that place there has been something commanded to happen for you. So I graduated from high school in 95, went to play basketball at Ohio Northern University, fell in love with alcohol and partying and doing foolish stuff, ended up dropping out of school, moved to Columbus, said I'll get my life together there, but if I couldn't get my head on straight in Ada, Ohio, Ada, Ohio, all right? I could not, of course I was going to drown in Columbus, so I'm partying even harder, doing stuff even crazier, living on campus, not even going to school, just really partying it up, and uh, finally got tired of looking in the mirror at my drunk reflection and looking into those uh, inebriated eyes and saying, who are you? What are you doing? You were raised better than this. You see those kids that go downstairs every Sunday? I was one of them. I was raised better than the way I was living, but I found myself in Lodabar, living in a place where I'm disobedient to the word of God and there is no word. Then finally, I gave my life back to God, and I asked him to fill me with his Holy Spirit, and then he said, I want you to move back to Lima. 
okay? So whenever God tells you to move, praise God. There is a commanded blessing at that place called there. So I moved back to Lima. He said, I want you to move back to Lima and help your father at the church. So I was obedient to move back to Lima. And when I got here, there was a commanded blessing waiting for me here named Brooke. See, Elijah had a brook. And I had a brook as well because I moved when God said move, right? So Brooke was waiting for me here because I moved, all right? I didn't fight God. I don't want to go to Lima. Is there any good thing in Lima? But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter about the geographical place on the map. It just matters whether or not God commanded you to go there or not, and there will be a blessing there waiting for you. Amen? So I moved to Lima, and God has blessed me ever since because the brook has not dried up. Amen? She moisturizes and uses lotion and things like that. Let's keep going. All right. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, verse 10. So he arose and went. Say this with me. He arose, he arose. and went. The reason we are not experiencing the climate change that God desires for us, the blessings that God desires for us, because he's speaking, but we didn't arise and go. We're saying, Lord, is that you? Or, Lord, I'm just going to hold on and keep praying that a blessing comes to me right where I am. I'm like, nope, that's not what I said. Until you rise up and go. Until you rise up and go apply for that job. Well, God, I'm not qualified for that job. They said you have to have a bachelor's degree. I don't care what they said. I have commanded them to hire you. I have commanded a blessing to be there for you. Well, God, I can't go uh, fill out a loan application at the bank. My credit is horrible. Nope, I don't care about that. I, that's not what I said to you. If I'm telling you to go, there is a commanded blessing waiting for you over there. This walk with God is a supernatural walk, and it doesn't matter about earthly circumstances. So he met the widow there, and of course we know the story that, he, that she provided for him, and the meal did not run out because there was a commanded blessing there. Can you say commanded blessing? When you are obedient to God and when you stay obedient, there is a commanded blessing in your obedience and you will be able to live off of his word because God and his word are one. If we live by the word, we live in God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Everybody's saying it's, it's relationship over religion. Okay, I agree. However, you still have to live by the principles of the word of God. That's where we find life is in the Bible. Okay, so if we live by the word, by his word, we live in God. Acts 17, 28 is where we get our message title from, and it says this. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Say this with me. In him I live, I move, and I have my being. 
so we live, we move, and we have our being. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 through 8. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 through 8. I'm talking about movement. Climate change requires movement. You cannot get Florida weather to Lima in January, okay? You've got to go to where the weather is. If you want climate change, you've got to move. If you're living in disobedience, you can't get the blessed life to where you are. You've got to get into obedience so that you can enter into where the blessed life is. Let, let, me, let me see if I'm in the right place. How many of you desire 2022 to be one of the most blessed years that you've ever lived since you've been on the earth? Can I see your hands go up? All right. Okay. So I'm in the right place. I'm trying to, through the word of God, provide for you a map to get from where you are to the most blessed life you will ever live and see. Okay. Because things out there, when I, listen, and when I'm talking about out there, I'm not talking about a geographical place. I need to say this again. Out there, it's about to get worse. But in here, it remains the same. When you live by the word, you will live the blessed life. But if you live outside of the word, things are about to get real bad on the earth for the outsiders. So you need to be an insider. If you have a relationship with God, it means you have a relationship with his word. So if you don't know the word, you don't know God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't say, we say relationship, relationship, relationship. But if you don't have a good relationship with the Bible, you don't have a good relationship with God. No, he didn't. Yes, I did. God and his word are one. Jesus Christ was the Bible made into a man, and he walked among us. So if you want to know Jesus, you've got to open up your Bibles, okay? So here's a requirement. For you to have the most blessed life you've ever had on the face of the earth in 2022, it means that you've got to be more obedient than you've ever been before. You thought it was just going to be a gift? Well, it's a gift by faith. You can't just have it. You've got to believe for it. Amen. Move your life to the Miami of the spiritual world. Move your life to the place called there. Okay. Read your Bible this year more than you ever have before, and it will improve your relationship with Jesus Christ and take it to levels it's never been before. How, who in here eats every day? All right, thought so. You have a spiritual man as well. And if you don't feed that spirit man, he will be very weak. And he won't know God, okay? And so that's how people get to, to, to the judgment throne of God and hear the words, I never knew you. What do you mean you don't know me? I went to church. I came to the off. I put offerings in. I clapped for the kids all the way till they got downstairs. I did all those things I was asked to do, but I don't know you. The way that we learn to know God is through his word. Let's keep moving. Hebrews 11, verses 6 through 8. 
But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You want the blessed life? Then you've got to seek God. Because when you seek God, he will reward you. What does it mean to seek God? It means to stop, uh, stop catering to things uh, that your imagination comes up with. It means to acknowledge God in all of your way so that he can direct your path. How many believe that God is real? Okay, so since God is real, then we should really get his advice before we do anything. Because the thing that makes us sons and daughters of God are that we are led by his spirit. So to have a blessed life in 2022, you've got to be more led than you've ever been. I know that many of us are guilty, even myself, of sometimes doing the best thing or the good thing. But if we want to go where God is taking us, we have to do the God thing and not the good thing. Verse 7, by faith, we're talking about climate change, okay? And you've got to move. You've got to go from here to there if you want to see your spiritual world open up for blessings, if you want to be taken to the secret place, if you're sick of demonic attacks, if you're sick of depression, sick of sickness, sick of uh, all the things that the enemy desires. to. We know that he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. We've got to change locations to a safer place. We've got to put our spirit in God's uh, care. So it takes us to move. So in verse 7, we see this. By faith, by what? Faith. faith is your transportation from here to there. We go by faith, okay? And since we go by faith, we don't, we, we don't try to figure anything out. Well, do I have enough gas to get there? Don't worry about that. Will I be provided for when I get there? Don't worry about that. We walk by faith and not by sight. So the only way to please God and to be rewarded is to move by faith, and he's given us all a measure of faith. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. How did Noah move? with godly fear. So he moved by doing what? He prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So in order to go from a place called here to a place called there, Noah had to move with godly fear because God told him, I am going to destroy the world. And unless you build this boat, you and your family will be destroyed. Noah moved with godly fear and prepared an ark. Say this with me, Lord, in 2022, my desire is to move with godly fear. Because if you don't, if you delay, 
then God has already divinely warned us that life will not be sustained. I promise you that everything that is happening in this world right now is setting the stage for the Antichrist, okay? Look at the way certain segments of society are being treated right now. You can't eat. You can't shop. You can't travel. You can't go to school. You can't do this. I'm not saying that it's the mark of the beast, but they sure are practicing. It sure sounds that way to me, okay, because the Bible says that unless you take the mark, you will not be able to buy or purchase things, okay? So society is warming up. They're starting the car, all right? The car is in the driveway, and the car has been started for the Antichrist arrival. And unless you have a relationship with God through the Bible, you might not even know these things are coming, if you do, I asked how many read Revelations or listened to it since I asked you to do it, okay? If you're not prepared for it, then you will be duped when it comes. We've got to be prepared and moved by godly fear. Continuing on, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. You see all this movement? God always moves his people. Climate change. Something bad is about to happen here, and I need you to go there. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing. How did he go out? Not knowing. How did he go out? Not knowing. That is faith. Faith means I don't know everything. I don't have it figured out, but I know the one who knows, and I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to believe him at his word, and I'm going to move because God said move. I don't have the ability to figure it all out because his thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and his ways are higher than my ways. And it says, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Climate change. We got to go from here to a place called there, and and, and to survive there, we need to live in total obedience. Let's give God praise so I can catch my breath. <laughs> praise the Lord. All right, the breath of life. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And here's what it says. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Can you say breath of life? So until God breathed on his creation called man, he was just formless. There was no life there. But when he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, it says that the man became a living person. Our God is the God of life. And out of his mouth comes life. So when he put his mouth on Adam's nostrils and blew, life entered into man. So we know that life comes from the mouth of God. Where does life come from? The mouth of God. Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And it says this, all scripture, how much? All, all scripture is God-breathed. What kind of tie-in should we be getting here? All scripture is God-breathed. So God breathed into Adam's nostrils, and Adam received life, okay? 
Now we learn about our Bible, okay? I'm trying to attach uh, the Word of God to life so that we know where we're going, okay? Where we're going is there's some of us in this room, including me, that there's some parts of our lives that haven't moved to the will of God, that haven't moved to obedience. Sometimes we're not treating our wives the way that we should. Sometimes we're provoking our children to anger. Sometimes we're gluttonous. We're not taking care of our physical health. So there's some things that we don't have together, unless everybody in here has it together. I didn't think so. Okay, so there's some places in our life called here that need to go to there. And that's the Bible. That's the word of God. That's where life is. So since God breathed into Adam, life came. So let's look at this. All scripture is God breathed. That Bible that you have is full of life. Just as God breathed into us and we have life, God breathed into the Bible. God breathed into man, and man wrote the words that God inspired, and now we have life because of this book. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable. Say this with me. The word of God, word of God. Is, profitable. is profitable. Our ideas are not. Alexa, I'll send any of your phones with, yeah. All, everything outside of God leads to death. Please get this. Only what God breathes really represents life. So there's some good ideas out there, but there's some, some ideas that don't belong to God, so there's not life there. And many times when we move in fear, we're not moving in life. We're just moving because we're afraid, but we haven't uh, consulted God so that we might know what he desires for us to do. All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, which is learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so that a man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted, and through thoroughly equipped for every good work. So there is the life that came from uh, Adam's uh, nostrils when God breathed into those, and there is another life, a spiritual life, that is available to us through the word of God. So, in the beginning, God spoke an environment into existence on the earth. So, through his word, habitations are built that will sustain life. Uh, Brother Jason uh, read Psalms 104. Can we give him a hand for uh, such a beautiful reading this morning, Psalms 104? And we learned about God's creation and all the things that he has put in order. So, through his word, habitations are built that will sustain life. 
Everyone can live in the natural part of creation, but there is also that which is supernatural and miraculous. But first, we must be born again to enter this kingdom realm of God, because only repentance and believing in Jesus allows us entrance. So in this earth, there is natural life and there is spiritual life. The climate change that we're looking for is to say, you know what? There's some parts of me that are just natural, all right? They're not supernatural at all because I'm just doing me. And that's exactly what the world wants you to do. You just do you. Do what feels good to you. Do what's right to you. It's like, mm-mm, I'm not going to do that. I need a climate change because when I do me, I fall on my face. When I do me, there's not blessings there. There's death and there's cursing. So I don't want to do me anymore. It's the whole reason I came to Christ so I could stop doing me, all right? But there's still some hard-headed parts of us. There's still some parts of us that are slow to move. And climate change is all about moving those parts of us that, w- that are only natural to the supernatural now. And 2 Corinthians 5:17 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so we got a place called in me, and we got a place called in Christ, okay? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Can you say new creation? That's where we are trying to go, to the new creation, getting rid of all that is old. That's what it says. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Can everyone close your eyes just for a moment? See how dark it got? Do you see that this natural realm which God created, that it would be hard to live like this? Because to get around in this natural world, you need natural sight. You can open your eyes again. See how life changed immensely when your eyes were closed? So God gave you natural sight to get around in this natural world. But what I'm trying to tell you is that it's time for climate change. It's time for us to take what, was only, what, what is now and still natural and transition it to the supernatural. That's where the blessings of God are in his word. God is a spirit, so we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we need to move from what is temporary to what is eternal. If you can see it, it's just temporary. Can you see it? It's just temporary. Can you guys see me? Purple shirt, purple tie. If you can see me, that means I'm just temporary. But there's a part of me that you can't see. And that part of me is eternal. And that is where we're supposed to be living. We've got to move our climate, okay, from natural only to supernatural. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. 18 say this, therefore, do not lose heart. 2020 was hard. 2021 was hard. Outside of God, 2022 is going to be hard. But listen, do not lose heart. 
Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So why are we letting the things that we see stress us out? They're not even eternal. Why get all worked up? Why get all depressed? Why get all worried about it if you can see it? Because if you can see it, it's just temporary. And the Bible calls it a very light affliction, and it's working out for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So in this climate change, we've got to take our minds and our focus from off the temporary stuff that everybody gets worked up about and begin to put our eyes and hearts on eternal things, okay? Because that's where our peace is. That's where our security is. That's where our joy is and those things which are eternal. I promise you, so much weight will fall off of your life if you will stop stressing out about the things that you can see going on in this world because it's all temporary. How many of you have retired from your jobs in here? Raise your hand if you're retired. Let's give them a hand. They've retired from their job. Don't hate on them. Come on, give it up for them. Don't be haters. That means they worked for a long time. All right. And it felt like forever. But now they have reached a place where they can get up when they want to get up and do what they want to do because work was temporary. All right. It was just a temporary condition. And now they've moved on to something that is far greater. And that's what we're trying to do. Go from temporal to eternal. Another thing, another shift we need to make as people of God in 2022 is from earthly things to heavenly things. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 45 through 50, our climate change. We want to go from earthly and transition to heavenly. Verse 45 says this, the scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Where did he come from? From heaven. Verse 48, earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. So what are you? Are you earthly people or are you heavenly people? You have to make that determination and decision. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That means you went from just being an earthly man or a woman to a heavenly man or woman. But the problem is our environment always dictates to us all these things that we should not be worried about as heavenly people. When you're heavenly people, natural things should not have a great effect on you because you're not of this world. We don't see Jesus taking Tylenol in the Bible. 
Pastor, there wasn't Tylenol, but there was other medications and herbs and things like that. I don't read anywhere where Jesus had a headache, and he had many reasons to have a headache. But he didn't because he came from heaven. He was a heavenly man. And if you have been born again, you have transitioned from being like Adam to being like Jesus. That is the climate change that we should be excited to move to. I am tired of being just earthly. When you're earthly, listen to me, depression is earthly. Anxiety is earthly. Fear is earthly. All those things are of, of, the, of the earthly man, but we are trying to transition. Can you say transition? We are trying to transition from being, from having a earthly experience while here to having a heavenly one. Father, I pray for these people right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the faith that you deposited in them at the beginning of time. I pray that faith would arise and awaken right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that they will begin to see that they are not just like Adam anymore, but they are more like the new Adam. They are more like Christ than they are like the old Adam because they have new life in you. Lord, change our spirit spiritual climate and condition so that we might see that we are now eternal beings, that the grave and death have been swallowed up, that we will never die, that there is a part of us that as soon as this body stops, we will be in the presence of God because we will know who we truly are in you. Lord, awaken us to true destiny and true purpose, true love, true identity, and true faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to me. I can't teach this message to humans. If you're going to keep an earthly mentality, I can't teach this to you. Everything that comes across this pulpit is for heavenly people. So you've got to be heavenly minded and you've got to be spiritually minded. And it can't just be two different hats that you wear. You can't be carnal all week long. You can't be uh, natural and human all week long and, and keeping that state of mind. Then come to church and take it off and then put on the spiritual hat for an hour or two. It won't work like that. That's the perfect recipe to hear, I never knew you. You see, God is after a relationship with the new heavenly creation that he has made you to be. All right, verse 49. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Verse 50. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. All right, so now we're going to be transitioning from starving to satisfied. If we're only living natural lives, if we're living apart from God, we are starving spiritually, and we try to fill our time uh, with, with, with things. Uh, it's so dangerous to be bored from your human capacity. Because when you're bored, okay, and when you don't allow your spiritual man to rise up, you will fill your time with Facebook 
and TikTok and Instagram, Instagram and sports and just all these natural things, and your spirit man will never be satisfied. Then you wonder why when you get into an environment of spiritual warfare, you're always getting tore up by the enemy. We wonder why we can't not click on those websites or ads that we're not supposed to. We wonder why we can't uh, stop ourselves from being angry or telling people off or drinking alcohol or lusting. We wonder why when it comes time for the testing, we have no spiritual power and it's because we've spent all of our time hoarding and eating uh, and, uh, and the Bible says that we have made our bellies our God. You can't sustain spiritual life doing natural things. It's the reason we fall into sin time after time after time again because no time is invested in the spiritual. So we have to learn how to move from starving to being satisfied. In Genesis chapter 45, verses 9 through 11, we're going to see Joseph and in comparison to Jesus Christ, and then we might conclude this message moving from starving to satisfied. Now, we know that Joseph was sold into slavery and uh, arrested because of a lie and thrown into prison, and, but it was all God's plan. So sometimes where we are naturally, God is still doing something supernatural that we cannot see. Okay. Sometimes things might look bad on the outside, but God is working something good on the inside. Okay. So Joseph sends word to, from his brothers back to his father and says this. Now hurry back to my father We're in Genesis 45 verse 9. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen where you can be near me with all of your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you your household, and all of your animals will starve. So we see that there is a climate change. We see that in the land of Egypt, there was a great famine, but God had prepared a land in Goshen for them to move. And it's going to make sense a little bit later why they had to move to Goshen, because where God tells you to move, he's setting the stage for future glory future testimonies, future miracles. So he's got to get you to that place from there to here. Some of you, uh, the heat has been turned up in your life. Trouble has been turned up in your life. Judgment has been turned up in your life. Correction has been turned up in your life because you refuse to move at his voice. So now he's got to put some conditions in your life to cause you to move from here to there because you are going to be in a position to delay his glory and the miracles he wants to do in your life for all people to see so that he can receive glory. But you've got to move when he says move, and that's climate change. So now let's look at uh, this passage and the things that Joseph said and how it compares to exactly what Jesus would come along and do for us. So Joseph said this, 
That is what your son Joseph said. God has made me master over all. We go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, and we see this about Jesus. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Joseph had to go through some things. Jesus had to go through some things. And Joseph was able to say, God has made me master over all, and Jesus the same thing. Joseph told his father, come down to me immediately. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Joseph said, you can live in the region of Goshen where you can be near me. Jesus said in John 14, 23, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. I will take care of you there. For there are still, I'm sorry, uh, Joseph says, I will take care of you there, otherwise you will starve. And Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 that he is the gate, that he is the good shepherd, and that we can go into him and find good pasture, all right? So why was it important for God to place Joseph in Egypt? It's because there was a famine in the land. But then even years later, it was important for them to be moved for a miracle. The reason that we must allow our climate to change, the reason we must move from where we are to where God desires us to be is because he's moving us for a miracle. So Joseph moved his family to Goshen. Where did they move to? Goshen. Listen to this. Now we're in Exodus, all right? Chapter 8, verses 20 through 23, all right? Then the Lord told Moses, get up early in the morning and stand in Pharaoh's way as he goes down to the river. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you refuse, then I will send swarms of flies on you, your officials, your people, and all the houses. The Egyptian homes will be filled with flies and the ground will cover with, be covered with them. But this time, can you say, but this time? But this time, I will spare the region of Goshen where my people live. How did they even get there? Before they became a nation, we remember that Joseph was in position to say, listen, Dad, move all of our family here. Pharaoh has provided a place for us 
in Egypt, and there's enough pasture there for us to feed our flock and so that we can live. Joseph had a hard life, but in the beginning of his life, there was many promises. He was given a coat of many colors, and his, and his brothers hated him for it. We live in a world right now where we are wearing a coat of many colors, and the world hates us for it. They don't understand why we are so blessed. They don't understand why we we've been positioned to prosper even though the world is crumbling around us. Verse 22 says, but this time I will spare the region of Goshen where my people live. No flies will be found there. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I am present even in the heart of your land. I will make a clear distinction, distinction between my people and your people. In Lima, Ohio right now, there's snow on the ground. It's in the 20s or 30s or whatever it is. But if we travel down south in Florida, there is a clear distinction between what the weather looks like. We're wearing jackets and hats. They're wearing flip-flops and swim trunks because it's a difference between the temperature there and here. So what I'm trying to tell you today is that there is a place called in God. There is a place called in faith that if we were to move from fear and move from what we think is right to that place called there, we will see that there will be a clear distinction between God's people and the rest of the world. I don't care what they call the coronavirus next. I don't care what they call the economy next, but if you move to the place of obedience in God's word, there will always be a clear distinction between your life and the life of an unbeliever. It's time for climate change. We've got to go to where the climate is good, and we know that the climate is always good when we live in obedience to God. Let's stand at this time. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would allow your people who are called by your name to rise up in faith and move just as you led the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness. And it's very, very hot in the desert. Many things die in the desert because of the heat. But God, you sent a cloud to lead over a million people, God, through the desert. And under that cloud was your presence. Under that cloud, there was shade. Under that cloud, the people did not grow sick. Their shoes didn't even wear out in all that time because they were in the place called there. And even when darkness came in the desert, the temperature shift, the climate shift is extreme in the desert because it can go from as hot as hot to as cold as cold at night. So then what did you do for your people at night? You provided a fire that you would lead them by night, that you would be a covering of fire to provide them both light and warmth in the wilderness. God, you always take care of your people, those who are willing to be obedient to your word. All the sinners, God, had to stay outside the camp. 
all the unclean, all the disobedient had to stay outside of the camp. But God, you have made a way for us to dwell with you. If we are willing to be obedient to your word, you said that you and the Father would come to us and make your home. God, you are trying to prepare your people for the great climate change that's about to happen in this world. You said that this world is going to burn like an oven. This world has been set up for judgment and destruction, but you are going to make a clear distinction between those who are yours and those who have accepted the mark of the beast. Those who are yours, God, will be forever with you in paradise. We will be spared from the wrath of God because we have moved when you said move, God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that these messages that they hear will cause them to move from the place called here to the place called there, the place of obedience, the place of your word. God, your word says that everything that is not of faith is sin. So that means that if we're living according to our thoughts and not according to the word of God, then we can be living in sin. Father, my prayer for these people, your people, is that you would give them a hunger for the Bible. Because the Bible is the God-breathed instruction for our spirit. Our spirit cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, I come against the thought that the Bible is boring. I rebuke that thought now in the name of Jesus. I come against the thought that the Bible is hard to understand. I rebuke that thought now in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against the thought of, I don't know where to start. Father, I thank you that you can lead us by your Holy Spirit where we should pick up the Bible and begin to read and begin to study. Lord, help them to see that loving the Bible is loving Jesus because Jesus and the Bible are one. The Bible is not just a book. The Bible is God. It is God breathe. There is life in the Bible. So Lord, may these people begin to look at the condition of their lives. If there is fear, if there is shame, if there is sin, if there was lust, if there is addiction, if there is anything outside of your will that they can be admit, if they can admit to it, God, they can humble themselves and say, God, there's some things in my life that just ought not be. There's some things in my life, God, that I'm just not living in full obedience to your word. And God, I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be shut out. I want to be one with you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that each person that can hear my voice right now would be, uh, would, would be filled with a hunger and a thirst to read your word. And Lord, I pray this, that they wouldn't wait for the feeling, but they would just be obedient to move their lives from here to there. That they would pick up their Bibles, even tonight, and say, God, I want to spend some time with you. God, I want you to speak to me through your word. I want you to lead me and guide me. I want to see climate change. I want to go from this environment 
to the environment where you want me to be. I want to move from Lolabar, where there is no word, to Goshen, where there is life and life more abundantly. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's